Sam, is a fun one today because we have, Charlie, uh, two men who were, well, instrumental in the history of, of Milwaukee Admirals hockey, no doubt about that, and two men who were in Milwaukee when the team went pro. You may remember, people will know, that the first seven, eight years, it was considered an amateur team uh, because it was in the USHL, not fully professional. Uh, but then in 1977, the team joined the professional ranks, of the IHL, after the Pettits bought the team. And look where we are now, 51 years of Admirals hockey that we, we just celebrated the 50th season last year. Uh, joining us today was the is the first head coach of the Admirals once they turned pro, Gene Ubriaco, and uh, one of the great players in Admirals history, no doubt about it, Eve Preston. Guys, it's great to talk to you. It's great to see you. How's everybody doing? Thank you, Larry. Good to see you as well, and Charlie, and obviously I'm excited to see my coach. It's interesting, Eve, because when Charlie reached out to Gene, Gene said, well, if I'm going to do it, I want Eve to do it with me. Which I thought was great. So, Gene, why, why was that the, why was that the, it wasn't necessarily a condition, but why did you say that? Well, because, uh, well, I, actually, uh, Danny, too, but you already had Danny on. So, That's true. So I, I can understand that. So, well, these those two fellas I've kept in touch with. And uh, like I was saying, uh, even hasn't made my golf outing yet, but I'm, I go to, I golf with Danny LaCours all the time. Yeah. And uh, the, the first year I, I came up, I came up at the end of 76, 77, and they were in the U.S. League. Yeah. And uh, – uh, Lloyd Pettit called me and asked me if I would, uh, the coach had just left or I don't know what happened, but he had uh, recruited all the players and uh, there, most of them were French Canadian, right, Eve? And, uh, yeah. and they all came down. I'm not even sure they had the visas, but <laughs> they all came down. I found out later that he... I think he told them all, just, you know, just say you're going for vacation or something. But anyway, they all came down. And uh, I've got to tell you, uh, coming in, I think we had 12 games left in the season. And uh, we won 11. Wow. <laughs> and these guys, I, you know what? I, uh, I can honestly say I've never had a team respond to me like that. I mean, you know, it was a situation where it wasn't, a, it was a tough situation because the father that they brought him down is not there. And then I come in and uh, here we go. And I got to tell you, they treated me so well. They put out, and I, I've often told uh, people that uh, the French Canadian players are great because you know why I said they want to, they want to outdo each other. Yeah, <laughs> I said it was it was amazing. I I can recall even some if someone's had a hat trick. Sure enough, one of the guys would come over to me. You think Eve did pretty good, huh? Yeah. He says, "Well, I'll get four next game." Good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. It was like an in-house competition, right, Eve? I yeah. Think. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was. Okay. You did well, coach. You came in there. And we all wanted to impress you because your your resume was the Pittsburgh Penguins in the NHL. And you played at the Chicago Blackhawks, and we go, this guy knows the game. He's Andre was the previous coach, right? Andre was well, a lot okay, of fun. Yeah, I, but, I know you know, got he, it. And, yeah, so Andre I left. Some, I, I don't know. He, uh, were you uh, the one? Of the one of the big things that happened that year, or right after, maybe the start of the next season. Um, 
I made sure that I was bringing six players up from that team. And, and uh, Danny LaCours was one of them and, and Eves was one of them. Yeah. And I can recall, I don't know if I ever told you this, Eves, but Danny, I told him that he was going to be playing on our team next year. And Danny, Danny would come in starting in May of the next season. He'd come into my office and he would say, Coach, can I talk to you? I said, sure. He says, you think I'm going to play on the team? <laughs> Danny, you're on the team. And he said, well, yeah, but, you know, I got cut the year before from the IHL. And, you know, I said, Danny, no problem. Come in in June. He came in July. And finally, he comes in in August. And I said, Danny, what do you want? He says, well, you, I said, Danny, I'm telling you right now, you're on the team. But if you ask me again, you're off the team. <laughs> well, Danny goes on and uh, scores 75 goals, breaks just about every record in the league. Yeah. And, uh, boy, he taught me a lot just yeah. by – that season, I learned a lot about people, about believing in people, and realized I think I'm going to have a long career if I believe in people. Yeah, I follow people rather than worried about winning games for myself. Yeah. What were you, Gene? Gene, were you? You? I know you started what at Lake at Lake Superior State, right? When you started your coaching that, career. So I mean, did you come? Did you come from Lake Superior State to Milwaukee or was there a stop? Yeah, yes. Well, what had happened is at the end of my career, I went back to uh, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. I went back to call. I went to Lake Superior State College and I assisted Ron Mason. Okay. And, uh, yeah. He did legend. okay. Yeah, Ron Mason did all right. Yeah. And I uh, was assistant there and I was going to go. I was going to become a lawyer, I thought. Well, after about the third year, I ran out of money because <laughs> I wasn't getting paid a lot. I was working on a radio, a television station, and I was um, working there and then doing the assistant coach, and they paid my tuition to school. So then I had an opportunity to go down to Chicago to run a hockey school, and I started a hockey school. So then I stayed there. And I was like the first pro in a hockey rink. I wanted to, you know how pro golfers uh, become pros? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was the pro hockey guy at Rolling Meadows. I started that program there. And huh. uh, I even wrote it up and everything. So I thought, you know, after hockey, we could all become pro professional hockey teachers, you know. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I found out, I'm probably one of the first guys I found out you know, about some people, I don't want to mention names, but I presented, I presented that to the head of the players association and uh, thinking that, you know, a lot of players, when they walk in, it'd be nice if we, if we licensed professional players to be teachers, you know, yeah. give them uh, you know, like if you teach so many hockey schools or you go to hockey schools or you take courses. Well, this was in 1970, in 1970, and uh, lo and behold, <laughs> they now give out certificates for teaching hockey. And it started, what, in the late right. 80s or something. And yeah. a lot of our hockey players are not able, unless they take these courses, <laughs> are not able right. to even coach. They, 
it, it's, fun, it's funny you say that because our head coach, Carl Taylor, the AHL coach of the year, that's he right. Went, we're in the uh, as you uh, you know. I mean, not to rub it in at all, but uh, for you, Ubi and well, he was but, there. Uh, yeah, Carl I tried. Was in Chicago. Yeah. Carl was in Chicago yeah. too. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, he's in there right now. But so Carl wants to coach, help coach his son's team. Uh, <laughs> he wants to coach his son's team during the uh, he who plays at a Triple A level for the Junior Admirals. He's got to go through the USA Hockey uh, process as well. He's the AHL Coach of the Year. Very high, you know, prospects. He's still got to follow the rules. So, uh, it's interesting that sort of started with you. <laughs> we all found out about that. Let yeah. me tell you, I have the deaf hockey school that I've done with San Mikita. So, I have to take all the courses. You yeah, had a hockey school in Milwaukee yes. that yeah. one summer. Yeah. Remember you me, me and Richie helped. If you don't have level five, you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what was that, Eve? You you said Ubi hosted a, a school. We had a hockey school at Wilson Park one summer. That's right. That's and right. Richie Sirwa, I remember him, the goalie, and I were were one of your teachers, and uh, it was good. That's a great idea, Eve. I'm curious, how did you end up in Milwaukee? You well, played- then what happened? Yeah. Well, what happened is I because I was in Chicago, and uh, I. Um, we started up a team called the Chicago Warriors playing in the U.S. League. Yeah. And, uh, and we did pretty well. We were built, I was involved with building an ice rink and uh, called the hat trick. But anyway, what happened is uh, I think a long story short, cause I got a lot of long stories. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Pettit called me up. And like I say, at the end of near the end of the season with 11 games to go or 12 games, yeah. And asked me if I would come up and, and coach. And so we did so well that um, at the end of the season, he he got together with uh, some people and he, he asked me, we want to go into the IHL. So he asked me to, and he gave me the money and the checks. And we went to the IHL meetings and I presented the checks to the IHL. And the IHL up until then, I think the... Um, Franchise fee might have been 25000 50000 you know, stuff in that area. But they charged Lloyd about a hundred. He, really? he, he got charged the most. And, and the one story out of that. I got was that because it. they knew he had money? So they're like, yeah, hey. You think, <laughs> yeah. You think, well, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. But anyway, what happened is when I get there, and I present the checks. They, they said, Gene, before you do that, uh, you're not going to be in, in the first meeting. He says, but we'd like you to meet with one of our representatives of the league. So I think it was a guy, a fellow named Snyder, who, who was the uh, manager or the owner of Port Huron. And he came in and he sat down and he said, Gene, I know we told you that the, uh, the fee was going to be 100000 and that there was going to be a a $5,000 fee and a $10,000 fee for travel costs. And these, and so I had these three checks and Lloyd gave them to me. And, and I, I said, fine. I says, we're all set. He says, well, he says, we got a little problem. <laughs> What's that? He says, well, most of the teams don't think the travel costs is enough. So they want you to pay uh, uh, $10,000 and $15,000. 
So I can remember, I, I got up and I said, you know, guys, we agreed to everything. So I went in the other room and I talked to Lloyd. And I said, um, Lloyd, I said, you know, and I knew Lloyd because I'd played with the Blackhawks. Right, sure. I, I would go out with him after games, him and Lou Boudreau. Was, oh, wow. his partner, was his yeah. partner on the radio. So yeah, I would man. go out for dinner with them sometimes. I was hardly playing. <laughs> so I would go out with them. So anyway, he, he said, uh, I, I said, Lloyd, I can go back to my, I was working at a paper uh, company uh, as a salesman. I said, and uh, if I were you, I wouldn't go ahead. <laughs> I said, because I mean, my goodness, what, what is this? You know, they're reneging. And, and thanks God to Lloyd, you can thank him for the team because he said, well, I've come this far, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go, you know, might as well now. And so that's, that's how close we came to not doing it. Not being in it. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing that he, he, he believed in it and well, that's why he did it. You know, what's, you know, what's really interesting about that is fast forward uh, 10 years and the admirals are established and a little bit more than 10 years, and they're looking at the 15 years, they're, they're looking to get in the NHL. And Phil, they say to him, they say, how much for expansion fee? 30 million, okay? So Phil, is, Phil tells a story that he's in, uh, I, I believe up in Quebec City, and uh, ostensibly just to, you know, to look at how things are going, but he's really there to meet with the uh, members of the uh, expansion committee, and the expansion committee who is uh, chaired by the guy who owns the, who owned the, uh, the Nordiques. And uh, I don't remember who the other one is uh, maybe Sabres owner. They said to him, yeah, geez, Phil, that, that $30 million expansion fee, that's actually going to be $50 million. Sorry about that. <laughs> same and, old story. Same story. And that is sort of the, that and the way the expansion draft were going to go was the reason there's no NHL team in Milwaukee. So yeah. uh, interesting. Yeah. No, so, that, that, that's the way it was. Uh, you know, it was, it was tough, tough times. You had to be on, had to be on the ball if you wanted to be in hockey, even as a yeah. player. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Eve, Eve, were you a Flyers prospect when you got to Milwaukee or did you come to Milwaukee before that? Well, here's how I got that because I, uh, I, I played in the Western hockey. It, like I, I, I ended up, uh, we ended up with some really good players because I uh, had been in the Toronto Maple Leaf organization with Punch M. Black. Yeah. Okay? And he was at Buffalo then. And then I, and uh, uh, there were, there were many teams would not put a, te a player in the NHL, uh, in the IHL. Uh, Mo uh, Montreal had a problem with the league at that time. And so they never assigned anyone there. They wouldn't assign them there. And the IHL, you know, was difficult to deal with. For, for some of the teams. So th thankfully, uh, Buffalo uh, and, uh, and also, um, uh, not Toronto, but- um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, because of Keith Allen. I played hockey in the Western League and I met Keith Allen. Okay. So he's the GM. So I go to, I go to their camps and out of, out of the camp, I get, uh, they, they cut a whole bunch of fellas uh, from their team and they will send all their next players to Maine and some of the players that they weren't going to send to Maine that I, they said I could talk to if I wanted. And if I could convince them to come to Milwaukee, you, you can have them. Wow. How, how do you like that? That was, <laughs> kind of, well, you know, not so good. 
But anyway, what I think Eve ends up. Were you at their camp? No, you weren't at no, that camp. No. But you know who was was uh, Pete Peters. Yeah. Oh, sure. And Gary Morrison. Gary Morrison. Players. So I ended up getting six or seven players, and Pete Peterson was the most. Uh, Peters was the most difficult because he he was so upset with the organization because he had been drafted ninth, okay, yeah, and uh, in the ninth round, and they had another player, uh, Gilmet. He was drafted to third, so they want they sent me Gilmet, you know, and uh, and they sent me and and I, they said I could talk to Pete. Pete did not want to come. Pete said, and I'm going back to Medicine Hat. And he said, I'm going to marry my, my girlfriend. He said, I had enough of this already. Can, <laughs> listen to this. this is a true story. So I said to him, Pete, you're going to be flying over Milwaukee. <laughs> going back to Medicine Hat. <laughs> and I said, why don't you stop, come to camp for a week or two, whatever, and see what we've got. Thank God he did that. Yeah. And he stayed. And then uh, he played so well. But you know the turning point for his career? And, and uh, Eve will, um, will, will remember this. Is we had Rich Sirwa, a goalie, remember? And yeah. they both were terrific. They both were really good. Rich Sirwa got picked for the All-Star team. Over Pete. All that, uh, yes. And Pete Peters didn't. Yeah. I honestly believe that was the difference that made him hungrier. Sure. Really. Yeah. So then when I, they called him to go to Maine later in the year, and I called him, I says, Pete, you have to go to Maine. He says, no, I'm not going. Really? <laughs> I says, Pete, you have to go. I says, because, you know, I've been through this business. I know about what they can do. So, you know, he goes and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. And he did okay I, for himself. Yeah, and Pete Peters had a fantastic career. Yeah, and uh, I'll never forget. He's uh, he sent me a letter at the end of his career and and thanked me for keeping him in the game. Making him. Uh, you don't get too many letters. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eve, Eve, what do you remember from your time? About the first year, boy, that was a something. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Eve, what do you remember from right? your from coming to the Milwaukee? First year was uh, your first fantastic. impression. And like I say, those six players all. Or four in scoring, right? Richie, I think, uh, scored a whole bunch of points, 37 goals, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, did, I think uh, LaCour's had 48 goals. Yeah. And remember, he had Richard Lachance, you remember? Yeah, Michel Lachance, the defenseman. Yes, and uh, yeah. Pierre Allard. Coach, do you I, remember? I even the... checked on Pierre Allard. We have an Allard on our team now. Yeah. yeah. He's not related. No, he's so, not. Coach, do you do you remember the game we played at home against Muskegon? They were the last team. They were in last place in the league, and we lost the game five to one against the last the last team in the league. And after the game, was this the first year? Yeah, you yeah, kept okay. us, we made the playoffs. Uh, was, yeah. It was in January, first of first or fifth of January. We lost okay. the game five to one against a terrible team. And after the game, we all went in the locker room, and you came in. You said, 
don't take your equipments off. We'll get <laughs> back on the ice. <laughs> you that? Yeah, they, we used to do those things those days. You're right. Yeah, and you skated us for like an hour after the game. Yeah. Herb Brooks we, learned we, that from me. <laughs> we deserved it. We deserved it. We didn't play good at all that night, but no. I, I remember that. So no, Eve, that's tough, Eve, but did, did, Eve, did you come in at the same time as Gene, or were you there a little bit before? You played 15 games. You played for four teams that year, so you're just – Probably don't even know where you are, huh? Right. You know, Gene, Gene talked about it earlier. Um, it was mainly French Canadians in the locker room. In 76, I started in Lewiston, Maine, in North American Hockey League. Right. From Lewiston, I was sent to Bos Geros, also in the North American Hockey League. And then I was the last – then the, the team folded, so I was sent to Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Never played the game in Dayton. Just practiced with them. I was there for a month. Um, and then I was sent to Milwaukee and, uh, you know, I could barely speak English. And I, I was just going to ask, like, how was your English at that point? You're just it out was, of juniors. It was non-existent. But when I walked into the locker room at, at uh, Wilson Park for practice, all I could hear was French. I'm going, what the? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> so and then a yes. few games later, Andre left and, and coach Rubiaco came in and, and we finished the season very strong. And the following year, we were all afraid not to make the team because we wanted to prove our, our skills to the coach. Right. That's right. why Danny was so, so paranoid about not making the team. And so was I. I said, what do we have to do? Let's work out all summer long. And we got, we got ready. And we made the team. I, w- I want to hear about... We, we, we obviously we've talked to Phil Whitliff, who, you know, is basically the history of the admirals in a, in a, in one person. Um, but so we, we win the USHL title in 75, 76, but then the next year, when you guys come in in 76, 77, we lose in the championship game championship series. So I want to hear, I'd like to hear a little bit about that, about how that went down. Uh, Cause to your point, Gene and Eve, like you guys had a great run at the end of the year. So you're probably thinking we're, we're defending champions. Uh, we're hot. We're going to win this. I imagine that confidence was running really high. Go ahead, Gene. No. Well, in, in my mind, I, you know, I, uh, yeah, we, I think we lost the Grand Rapids, right? Grand Rapids that's, is correct. That's yep. right. We lost the Grand Rapids. I can remember the the seagulls inside the building. I, I remember that. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> there were seagulls. They, they, there were seagulls inside the building. Oh, so well, there were there were birds. That's for sure, right? Yes. <laughs> it was an old building in Grand Rapids uh, at that time. I think Mo Bartoli was the coach. I think. Yeah. And uh, yes, we went we went to the finals with them. And, yeah. Uh, and and we uh, that year with that with that first team, so there really was an encouragement, I'm sure, for Eves and for me to to go on in our careers, or else I don't know if we would have gone on. But yeah. like I said, these 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 players uh, pushed me on. I pushed them probably, but uh, but like I say, I think uh, th- that year probably made us all better. Yeah. And made us want to get more, you know, to move up the ladder. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, the 70s, the first pro, the first team uh, in the IHL is a list of 
names that are synonymous, at least we think in Admiral's history, the Danny Lacours and Eve Preston's and, uh, you know, Buzz Schneider, obviously. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Eve, and a lot of those guys played for a long time. Uh, was the, was it a good, was the lock, was it good camaraderie in the locker room? Everyone no get along problems. well? I, I, you know, no problems like that. I don't know. And when you mentioned Buzz Schneider, uh, I guess I could tell his story. When he's playing for us uh, early in the year, around October or November, he comes to me in my office. And uh, I think we only, we weren't paying too much. Uh, I think the fellas made 7000 or $8,000 a year, somewhere in that vicinity. And I think he was getting maybe around nine or something. But anyway. He was he an Olympian. He had, he had played in the 76 Olympics. So. That's right. And was, was a top scorer. Right. So now he gets a letter. He comes in and he shows me a letter that he got from from the U.S. Olympic team. Sure. And it was a tryout. So right. he comes up to me and he says, Gene, he says, uh, uh, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. So we go in my office and he says to me, you know, Gene, I played with the uh, U.S. national team in 79 and he was the leading scorer on that team in the World Games. And that was just a year before. He said, you know, and here they want me to try out. He said, and I don't think it's fair. And I said, you know, from your stats and everything, from what I see, the way you play, I said, I don't know how they can, can, can do that. I yeah. said, so you know what? He said, I said, I'm going to call Herb Brooks. And this is how I know that story that you saw on television and the movie. Yeah. It was true. Herb Brooks picked the team. Yeah. And he proved it to me maybe six months before the team even started because I said, you ask Herb Brooks, I said, you ask him, you don't think it's fair that I should be on the team, that I shouldn't have to have a trial. And I said, you get on the phone. And I, I called him. I didn't tell, I gave him the number. He called Herb Brooks from my office and Herb Brooks told him at that time, four or five months before camp for the, the team, that you were on the team. How wow. do you like that? Yeah. So, and you know, all, all the interference that he was getting, that's true. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> true. It's uh, because I know a lot of people that were on that. I, like I said, I don't want to mention names, <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, they, they did give him a hard time because they would pick so many from Michigan, so many from uh, Minnesota, yeah. so many from uh, Minnesota. They would never just pick the team. And Herbie right. decided, I'm picking the team on who's the best players. Right. It was kind of an old-fashioned thought. <laughs> you know, Gene, we've talked to Buzz a few times, and he tells a story uh, that we'd love to hear your corroboration of. You may, if you remember that Buzz is a – he's from Grand Rapids, I think. Grand Rapids, That's Minnesota. Right, Minnesota. Babbitt, he, Babbitt, Minnesota, the Babbitt Rabbit. The Babbitt – okay, right. there you go. He comes wow. to your hockey school in Chicago in the early 70s, and you give him a report card. At the end of the, at the end of it. And then he says, he says eight, seven or eight years later, when I'm actually a man and I'm playing pro hockey, that you have a little review with him and you, you, you tell him, you talk about this report card and, and you told him, listen, Buzz, all these things that you were doing bad back in 72, you're still doing bad now. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Probably true. Probably true. 
yeah, we were, we'd always give a progress report. It was, you know, and, uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, I had uh, Taylor, you remember Taylor who played on the million dollar line or that for yeah. Los Angeles, yeah. Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor, yeah. sure, yeah. Doesn't he come up to me? We're uh, affiliated with St. Louis. He brought his progress report <laughs> in Sault Ste. Marie when he was. That's where it was. It was in Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, yes. it was in the Sioux. Yeah, he came into the Sioux, uh, the Sioux Hockey Clinic. We had uh, those days. Yeah, and I was the chief instructor because I played in the American League, and all the other guys were National Leaguers, so I'd had to do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> I never got off the ice. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> that's, that's a true story. When Eve, when you guys go to the IHL, is it? I mean, you mentioned that, that you were a little concerned about sure. about whether you would have a job or not. But but Eve, like when when you guys go to the IHL, did you notice a jump in in play? Did you notice that it was a, a better style? Did you know? I mean, what what was the big difference? Uh, absolutely, yeah, no question. It was better. I mean, it, it like the American League was 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 a premier you know, development league, you might say, or in those days, your development was five or six years in the American League. I can attest to that. So, and uh, you didn't, uh, you know, there was six teams for, uh, you know, for so long, then it went to 12 and then uh, whatever, went to 18 and then to 24, you know, I, I get a kick out of the guy says, well, there was 18 teams when I played. Yeah. <laughs> You know, how, how's about six when you're trying? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. That yeah. Exactly but anyway, right. yeah, it was a jump. Definitely it was a jump. It was a better league. And, and a lot of players went from the IHL to the National Hockey League. Many players, like I said, they, you know, some of the guys on our team, Eves. Well, even included, yeah. This LaChance went up, I think, and played. Yeah. Uh, we had another fellow named Trottier. Remember Jean Trottier? Yeah, Trottier. He's a very good player. Um, so there was a lot of players uh, from the IHL, and it was definitely a jump up in the, oh, in, yeah. in the status. The speed. And, uh, I thought the speed was – the speed of the game was much, much better in the IHL. From the USHL to the IHL, yeah. and from the IHL to the AHL, That's right. where the Emeralds were playing today. There's a big difference in speed. You got to make quick decisions. You know, you got to know where you're going, where your players are. Yeah. You don't have time yeah. to to mess around with the puck. You got to. In the NHL, that's. Yeah, it was. It, it was mean, a big guys, difference uh, in, oh. uh, at those days. Yeah, and and today, one league to the next step to the next step. There were definite steps. And, and right to, now, you, you know, the American League. It, you know, if you if you can do well in the American League. And, you know, we just had a player come down, Geeky. He just scored four yeah. goals in the last two games. Four shots, yeah. And he's back, he's back up. I mean, yeah. uh, so that's what's great about being in the American League now because you really are seeing players that are going to play in the NHL. And, like, uh, we've had, like, 50 or over 50% of our players have ended up playing in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, the – the, the speed is so good compared to the old NHL. When I played and when coach played, and you look at it today, it's a different game. It's yeah. a different game. Total it's, different it's game. so I, fast. I, I like it. I, I mean, yeah. I, 
obviously, fast, you, can't, you can't beat the speed. And speed skilled. Well, they showed a players faster. Yeah. They showed a yeah. old days. Day. I'm sorry. Go ahead. In the old days, you could there were some big guys. And you could go around them. Yeah, of course we know that. Now the yeah. big guys, they're skating as fast they can, as they them. can skate. Yeah, exactly. And you can't I mean, get you can't get away. You just and, big guys skate like small guys now. Oh Alex Alex Ovechkin is built like a linebacker. The way the way you, <laughs> you, you, you know how I knew I was getting in shape when I go to Toronto Maple Leafs camp uh, when there was only six teams. If if I had a lot of bruises on the back of my legs, <laughs> right? I was having a good year. Yes, I was just because, going to say the way you guys skated. Because I'll tell you, you got chopped and hooked. Yes, yes, the way you guys skated, both of you. I'm curious, like Eve. I mean, your wrists, your your legs, all of that stuff. It must be crazy. Yeah, you yeah. had a lot of chops. A lot yeah. of, a lot of, oh yeah. yeah, guys. I'm going to show you this. A you were dragging players. <laughs> I had to print it. This is this is a letter from the Maple Leaf Garden. This is addressed to uh, Jim Pappen. Okay. Coach Jim Pappen from yep. the Maple Leaf. This letter is 1962. Wow. And this is an invitation to camp. Really? It says training camp will start September 7th at Peterborough, Ontario Arena. All players are to report at the Empress Hotel Friday morning, the 7th, blah, blah, blah. This is the, this is the part that I love. I expect you to report in good condition <laughs> and no more than seven pounds over your playing weight with a minimum of being able to do 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and 30 ankle bends. What is wow. that? What's an ankle bend? Is that, that even, what is that? Happens letter. That's this is from Maple Leaf Gardens? This sure, is, we used to we well, you know, Punch Emlack used to bring in an army instructor right? for calisthenics. That's <laughs> probably that's yes, and we I'm telling you, I went to four four Toronto Maple Leaf camps, and I would tell you every season it took me 10, 10 I probably didn't get my first goal till 10 or 12 oh. games. Because I was so wrecked from training camp, yeah. <laughs> we we'd have a three week training camp, and we'd have to do calisthenics before we went on the ice. Then we practiced twice a day, and if you were in the uh, if you were in the uh, first practice in the morning, and and uh, you you had to uh, there were two practices, but you then had to go play golf. Yeah, and we had right, and then we had to walk from the <laughs> we had to walk from the hotel to we were in Peterborough to the arena, which was about a mile and a half. Yeah, and if you got caught in your you car, you were in big trouble. <laughs> you know, and I uh, I don't want this thing to be all about me, but 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 at that training camp, I roomed with Tim Horton, Bobby Bond. Um, and uh, Red Kelly. Oh, wow, and they were my roommates, so uh, I really screwed up with Toronto because they they put me with guys that, that made it look like I was going to be on their team, right? <laughs> I think I talked my way out of it. 
So Eve, Eve, that Gene went through that stuff. So Eve, did did Gene make you guys do the same kind of thing? Did you get letters like that when you were playing? We had application to training camp, uh, for sure. We all did, um, but we didn't. It didn't tell us to bring our golf clubs. No golf clubs. <laughs> yes. You're ready to 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 compete, and uh, and we were. Uh, like I said, Gene was he was tough, but he was fair. You know. Um, yeah, good practices, good system. When you move we, up, uh, we respected you, them. When you moved from the U.S. League to the IHL, uh, we talked about on the ice, but how about off the ice? Like the travel and the accommodations when you're on the road, did those change much as well? As well? Uh, not really. I mean, we're still traveling by bus, and those trips were long to Flint to Toledo. Uh, we would go for three games in a week and we'd be in the bus a lot. So at the end of the road trip, when the bus made a turn right, all the the soda cans would hit the wall on the left side. <laughs> soda cans, yeah. And, yeah, yes. and, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, maybe a couple of beer cans. But, uh, we had some we beer stops, didn't we? Like McDonald's in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Was there... When you trans when the, the when the Pettits bought the team, yes, uh, like the, uh, hockey pro hockey back then was pretty was not very stable. Like teams would fold, and if they folded and you were on the team, you were SOL. You're yeah. you're out your money. That's right. But I I got I would imagine that when the Pettits bought the team that you knew that hey this is Lloyd Pettit he's a Hall of Fame I don't know if he was a Hall of Fame broadcaster at not the time but he he was yeah. the Blackhawks broadcaster. Yes, right. uh, and there's money here. So that's probably in the back of your mind, at least that's, that's a good sign. I'm thinking from as a coach and as a player that, Hey, I I'm good in Milwaukee. This is a good place to be. Yes. Yes. I, uh, when I, I went up there, I moved uh, bought a home in Brookfield. Oh, did you? Oh yes. I was there for two years. Uh, and, uh, uh, I mean, it, it was a stable situation. Uh, but after, you know, for, for, uh, were, I, I wanted to mention about Eve. Were you at Danny LaCour's wedding that we had? Um, Danny got married? I think was, so, yeah. The first yes, one. Yes. <laughs> and you know, uh, he paid me the highest compliment I've ever had in that he asked my wife and I to be his parents for the wedding because his mother was crippled, I think, uh, and, and his father, they couldn't make it. They couldn't so make Nella it. and my wife and I stood up at, in his wedding, and at the wedding party, we danced when the bride and groom, of, uh, when the father, the parents of the groom uh, and the bride danced. <laughs> so uh, that's why uh, I, uh, Danny, uh, is, <laughs> I'll never forget him. That's for sure. <laughs> that's pretty great. That's awesome. That is a that is, fantastic story. Really something. Not too and many coaches get to stand up for, be for their, their players. players. Yeah. Of, their, of their players, I don't think. Yeah. Eve, in 77-78, you have an awesome season with the Admirals. You're third on the team in scoring, second in goals. Yeah. The following year then, so what's the conversation between the two of you after that season? Like, do you, does Gene say to you, Eve, listen, you, you need to make the next step now. You need to, to leave Milwaukee and, 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 and continue on. So how did, that, how did that work? And by the next year, you play, end up playing in the NHL for a, uh, for a bit, Eve. Coach, coach always uh, talked to me about the future, about the next step, always encouraged me to, 
to get ready, play better, take care of yourself. Um, so I know where I wanted to go. And with his support, I was able to do that. Um, but we, yeah, we always talk. I mean, he played, he played for the Pittsburgh, uh, you know, Pittsburgh. Uh, he played for the Blackhawks. So I, I looked up to him. I mean, he, he, he had been there before. Yeah, right. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, Eve had the uh, speed. He could skate. My God. You should have you should have been a speed skater. Yeah. You would have won the Olympics. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, he could really fly. Yeah. Uh, great skater. Great attitude. You know, he, uh, I mean. Great hair, too, I right? haven't had too many lemons, I'll tell you. All the players. And you know what? The nice part is, uh, as I've been in the business this long, the players get even better all, all the time, even on or off the ice. You know, we've, hockey's done a good job of maintaining uh, the culture, you know, the, the way they dress and and, yeah. uh, and the shirts and ties. And I know a lot of people say why and all this stuff. But you know what? It's better to be overdressed than underdressed, I think. Yeah. So, and yeah. uh, the players, all those things, uh, I think, help, help yeah. a player, help a person, you know, develop as a person. Yeah. You know, in getting ready for this call, I went back to a scrapbook that the Booster Club had given us way back sure. when. I think I got three of them. And there's a lot of pictures in there. And you're right, Coach, because all of us are wearing suits and ties or jackets and ties. You know, yeah. nobody's just slopping around. We went to an event for the Booster Club or a meeting somewhere. The players got on the bus or whatever. It's all suit and tie. And, and it's good, it, you know. You know about the scrapbook. atmosphere. You brought up something about the scrapbooks. It's never happened since. Since that team, when I went to that team, at the end of the season, the, the Booster Club at that time in Milwaukee, the Booster Club would pick out every member, at least 20 members or so, would pick out a player and they would give him at the end of the year, they would give him his own scrapbook. And Eve's look at that. Isn't that something? Jeez. That yeah, I told time. you you gotta have him on. Isn't that amazing? 77, 78. You know what? I've never seen that done by anybody since. And that, uh, and I've I, but I'll tell you, I've used the booster clubs a lot yeah. in my in my career. I can tell you the booster clubs were. Were, were the best people for me. They yeah. always helped me out. Yeah. You yes. know what, what? What's funny, Gene, and you should ask him about this. Is uh, Wendell Young played for the Admirals for a brief amount of time, and yes. he and he tells the story that Wojo picked him up from the airport. Never been to Milwaukee. Never played for the Admirals before. He gets sent to Milwaukee, and Wojo picks him up at the airport and says, "Okay, before we take you to the hotel, we got to go to a booster club event." So he takes him <laughs> to a a booster club event before he even. <laughs> And, and then, uh, yes. time, but that's how important the booster club was yeah. to the survival of the admirals. Yeah. They provided meals and housing and yes. support for guys like they yourself, Eve, who, yeah. who are coming from, you know, from Quebec and, uh, and never been to the States yeah. potentially that they're a life, they're a lifeline for you. Yeah. There's yeah. no question. They, they really are. And I, you know, I'm a member of so many booster clubs. <laughs> I'm still a member of Oakland seals and, Pittsburgh Hornets still have a, really? a chapter. Can you imagine? And oh, uh, I, I, 
Hershey I'd love a Pittsburgh Hornets hat. Uh, uh, Baltimore skipjacks. Sure. You know, uh, yeah, I, like I say, you can't say enough about this. In fact, I spoke at their their banquet uh, two years ago. They had it here in Chicago. Uh, all the booster yes. clubs of, from the NHL and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I, 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 you know, I'm a lucky guy. I, 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 I got a great Facebook page. I'll tell you that much. Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking of Oakland, did you wear the white skates out in Oakland? No, no. I was there uh, before Charlie, Charlie uh, okay. Finley. Yeah. No, but but I have a white street jacket. <laughs> no, but but Charlie Finley. No, I missed him. But they, thank God, because uh, you know when when I was in Oakland, the, if they they ask you when the games were, you know when when you know if they call the box office, when is the games? They would say, well, when can you get here? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. That so is even, great. When you get up to the NHL, I mean, what's we we like to ask when we have players on or whatever, you know, what was that like? Well, who who told you? How did you find out that you were getting the call to play in the National Hockey League? Well, I from Milwaukee, I went to Maine. Right, right. And I remember Pat Quinn after a game. Um we, we won a game, we're in the dressing room and people are getting up and doing their things and changing and to go home. And Pat Quinn says, Evie says, you're, you're, you're leaving tomorrow morning. You're, you're being called up to, to the Flyers. I think David, David Hoida had, had been in a fight. He was suspended for a couple of games. So I, uh, actually I was in New York. They sent me to New York. Okay. So I flew from Portland directly to Madison Square Garden. I've never been to New York. I get to the airport, my hockey, my, my stick and my bag on my shoulder, got in the cab. And I thought, seriously, I thought I was going to die in the cab because I've never seen so many cabs. <laughs> and this guy was driving, like, I guess all the cab drivers in New York. But it, it was like, And then I get to the building and, you know, Madison Square Garden is like in the back of a, you got to sort of a walk into an office building to get to it. So I played the game there, scored a goal. We lost three to two or so, or four to three. Then flew back with the team to Philadelphia. Stayed for a few more games, and then I was sent back when Hoyt was called back when he came back. Was not, not suspended after suspension. So it was for me. It was up and down. Yeah. Uh, when somebody got hurt, they'd call me up, and then I would stick around for a few games, and then send me back down to the minors. So. And we talked to players just to, like we were saying to Aaron that or Aaron was saying, we talk to guys now and we ask him about that. And that's a, that's a difficult thing for guys, for your psyche to know, to, to just be up and down like that, to not have any certainty and like, Oh, you play bad. I played bad tonight. Um, am I going to get sent down? Was that, uh, was that on your mind a lot? Or were you just, can you just go out there and just say, I got to control what I can control and I'm going to play. You try to control what you can control, but I tell you what, putting the Flyers uniform on for the first time and getting on the ice, my legs were shaking. I, I believe mean, it. Was, it was scary. I mean, sitting across Bobby Clark, Bernie Perron, right. all of the guys that I've been watching, you know, since I was a Stanley kid. Cup, yeah, two-time defending cup champions a few years before. Right. And all of a sudden, I'm in the locker room with these guys. So it was nerve-wracking, um, but they were helpful, you know, relax, try to relax. Um, 
And at the time was Bobby McCann was the coach. So when I, I played for him in Maine as well. So they flip-flopped the coaches from Maine to Philly, McCammon or Pat Quinn. Is that right? They flip-flopped the coaches. Right. At the beginning, <laughs> I played for, uh, I think it was uh, McCammon for Maine, the Maine Mariners. Yeah. And then and Pat was uh, with the Flyers. And I think Pat came down and Bobby <laughs> went back or one of those two. That's so strange. Like you could never imagine something like that happening now. Right. No, no. Wow. But I don't know what happened there, but that's, that's, I played for both, for both the same team, for the Maine Mariners and the, the Flyers, Philadelphia. So. Right. Right. Uh, but it, it was a lot of fun, nerve wracking, but a lot of fun. So then you're, you end up in Philadelphia and then Wichita as well. So did Wichita became the, the affiliate for Philadelphia with, with Maine as well? No, uh, Wichita was the Edmonton Oilers farm system. Okay. So they sent me to Maine and then back to Philly. And then after that, they sent me to Wichita. So you were loaned? You were still a flyer? I was on loan, yeah, to Wichita. They were short players. They wanted me to go to Wichita. So that's another place I'd never been to. It was, but it, it turned out it was good. It was a good experience. A lot of good players on that team as well. Um, yeah, I look I, at the list, like Charlie Huddy, Walt Podubny. Uh, yeah. Roadhouse was there. Yeah. Yeah, Cal Roadhouse was there. Ace Bailey, and Ace Bailey was the coach. Ace Bailey was the coach. Quite a character. It was a lot of fun. Um and sadly, we, we lost him at the 9-11. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. So the, uh, you know, when you first play, you, you play in Milwaukee those couple of years, you're playing with guys that, that you'd play again uh, with later, with the Richie Surwas and the Danny LaCours uh, of the world. And those guys – you guys are still friends today, right? Like, what was it like to play with sort of your best friends? Oh, it was great. It, it was great. We still talk today. We're still buddies today. I mean, Richie and Danny and Cal Roadhouse uh, are all friends. We stay in touch. Uh, we can't wait for the golf season to start again so we can be on, uh, on the course and social distance uh, for the time being. But yeah, it was, it was great. It's like coming back to your family. It's, uh, you know, the guys are still there. You're, you know, and nothing has really changed. It's like uh, with these guys, we don't have to see each other a lot. If we, if we didn't see each other for a couple of years. Yeah, we got uh, back. And then we ran into each other. It'd be like, uh, you know. Thank you. Same old, same old. It'd be like we never lost touch. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's amazing. Hockey, hockey brings, it's a community, you know. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't know anyone, I remember going to St. Louis after I retired in Chicago and, and, and meeting some guys through business. And they had, they, had, they had a league they played on on Wednesday night. And it's a, uh, you know, Eve Preston. That sounds French-Canadian. I said, well, I am French-Canadian. So where are you from? I say, I'm from Montreal. They said, well, you play hockey? I go, yeah, a little bit. They <laughs> said, well, why don't you come out and skate with us on Wednesdays? And I go, all right. So I'd go and skate with them. And all of a sudden I knew, you know, 20, 30 families. Right. You know? And then Absolutely. we, you know, create relationships and stay in touch with these guys. And um, yeah, uh, it's a good it's thing. Amazing things. You talk about staying in touch. And I mean, we're here with, with Gene. Right. 
like right like i mean it's it's amazing i don't know how many well maybe you have but 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 ubi i don't know how many players have you stayed in touch with over the years probably i would guess quite a few i i i'd like to keep in touch with as many as i could really. sure. because they're uh I, I like guys that were in the same boat as I was. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's uh, it, you, uh, you see them with their families and they're all grown up and, you know, uh, I mean, my son is uh, going to turn 50 for God's sakes. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I have a, a board here in my office and he used to help put the board up, you know, right. standing up. And my grandson helped me put the board up, put together here. Sure. Uh, I'll tell I, you what. One thing is, I I learned that if you're going to be in this business, it's it's a good idea to get with people that really are sportsmen that really want it because they're in they're in the business because it's it's a sport, and they they want to they want to you know do their best to have the sport in their city. Yeah. And uh, we remember we used to call them sportsmen. Sure. Uh, they were people that bought teams and things because they wanted to contribute uh, something to society. And that was a way of doing it. Now you've got, you know, a lot of people are in the hockey business, uh, you know, uh, you know, not they want to really spend their money on something. Yeah. That they've, yeah. Investment. Of course, now it's so much money. Uh, you know, I, I think that it's, it's gotten, it's, it's a huge business and thank God. Because it's been great, great for for everybody. But I'm saying uh, th those days, uh, you really had to be a, a you know you needed a benefactor almost to right. have a hockey team. You when know, you when, when you were coaching the Admirals, when you get hired, do you have final say on the players? Did you were you kind of the? Yeah, no one really said much. Uh, I, like Phil, uh, Phil was uh, was a former player, right? Yeah. So he took on and. Uh, uh, I'll never forget when we had the opening game. I think Phil retired the opening game. Do you remember right. that, Eve? <laughs> and and I'm telling you, when people retired in those days, I think even Gordy Howe. I I was at a at a game when Gordy Howe scored his 700th goal. Jeez. In Pittsburgh, and I'm sitting on the bench with the Penguins. That was my first year in the league, and uh, Gordy Howe scored his seventh. 100th goal and I looked back from the bench I looked up in the crowd and somebody came up with a little sign that said 700 on it and I think they just stopped the game gave them the puck that was it <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm saying wow 700 goals yeah so, so when we when when Phil retired I thought the admirals probably were really ahead of its time because when he retired he he was in his own uniform they put him in his uniform and I'm, I'm i'm sure phil recalls this and they put the spotlight on him yeah and he skated around the rink slowly and they said all nice things about him which was <laughs> nice and then he came <laughs> to the bench and and <laughs> i couldn't resist you know i said uh, you know, I shouldn't have said it, but I did. <laughs> no, I just felt that was great. It's beautiful. All right, now you better take your equipment off. <laughs> <laughs> just to tease him, you know. But, You're not playing. But then he he was the only guy I talked to was Phil, and uh, we got you know we got along famously, and uh, 
And then there was a Bill Chimo. You remember Bill? Sure. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he, we should mention him. He was big factor in keeping the uh, Admirals going. Yeah. Uh, a lot of your uh, uh, game uh, uh, assistants, you know, the people that do all the game reports and stuff. Yep. There's still some of them there. I think Bob uh, Gladio is, is, is the head guy now, your office officials. Yeah, right. Bob. Unfortunately, Bob passed away. Uh, last yeah, I know year. Bob, but I'm talking his son is. Oh, Dean's an owner. Yeah, Dean is the. Yep. His son My, is still involved. Mike Oltz, who you would know. Uh, Mike Olson, I think he reminded me once. I think he was a uh, a Hershey. He went to the Hershey High School. I think. Oh, is think, that right? I didn't know I that. I think he did. Yes, I think you know the Hershey orphans that own the high, the Hershey company. Yeah. They had a school for boys and. Uh, I think so, so. Gene, I, I want to ask you about a, a, a famous series, actually, in Admiral's history, the 79 series against Grand Rapids in the first round. It's the it, it's the only, as far as I know, or at least what Don Tanner tells me, the only eight game series that's a, that's been played in pro hockey. So do you remember what happened with that series? Because Grand Rapids used an ineligible player. And they decided instead of penalizing them for the game, they said, we're just going to do the game over. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine you know, that you were you know, real happy I, I, about that. Yeah, I used to remind elephants, but you know what? I I, I can't recall that too much. But I know I, I had another eight game series, by the way, and I was oh. in Indianapolis in the Central League. We went to a point system, and I remember I had Steve Carlson. You know the Hanson brother. Sure, Hanson brother, yeah. Well, Steve was on my team and on many of my teams. He was assistant coach. Well, he played against a fellow named Red Lawrence. And I think we only had six teams in the league that year in the Central League. We must have played them 12 or 14 times during the season. <laughs> and then we played eight more times and, and uh, against them. And uh, Dave Creighton, uh, the, the coach that uh, – Freddie Creighton, pardon me, he coached in the NHL, was a coach for Indianapolis – and I remember saying to Freddie, I said, you know, Steve Carlson has played against Red for almost now. It's it's going on 20 games. I says, you think maybe we shouldn't match them this night? <laughs> <laughs> they, they played against, that's the only guys they saw because we matched lines. And, you know, the game was like chess in our sure. day. It was more sure. like chess. Sure. Now it's like uh, pinball. <laughs> you gotta have some guys that know how to play pinball <laughs> right <laughs> rather than chess we you know there's designated film time right everybody every team goes over film and all of that stuff what did you guys use for teaching tools well you know that that's a subject i i get a kick out of because i've been doing that after i left there when uh, i've been doing that all my life probably but i and i i didn't learn it from hockey though i learned it when I went into sales, when I was in sales before I started coaching, uh, we would have meetings and uh, the sales manager was like your, your general manager. And he talked to all of us in the meeting and uh, he would, he would say like, how many doors did you knock on this week? Yeah. How many phone calls did you make? Right. How many letters did you send out? And he, and, and he was, and that inspired me. And I transferred that to hockey. I would have a meeting at the beginning of the year. I don't think we did it uh, your time, uh, Eve, but I think after that, uh, 
I would bring the players in and give them short-term goals and long-term goals. And, you know, if I said to a guy, how many goals are you going to score this season? He'd say, well, I'm going to get 30 or 40. Well, let's say 20. <laughs> you know, I would give them something that I knew. Was it attainable? Yeah. And I said, how many shots are you going to have the first 10 games? And he'd say, well, I'll have 30 or 40. I said, let's say you have 20. <laughs> to a game, maybe, you know, and so we, uh, we would do that. I even had hits, checks, okay, and something um, they'll never do today. I had missed checks. <laughs> you don't see that in the analytics. You know what I'm saying? You don't know. Because the coaches were afraid to do that today. <laughs> they would kick them out of the league, I think. Uh, I had one fellow tell me that was coaching the Penguins when. Crosby went up. That was, um, I, I forget his name right now. But anyway, he would take checks. And he said Crosby would go in the room and, and, and look at the list to see how many checks he had. <laughs> and so wow. that's when I told him, I says, why don't you put on missed checks? <laughs> he said, oh, Obi, I don't think they'll go for that. <laughs> and, and he's right, I think. But I, so you could say we were doing analytics. It was, it was a player's analytics. It was yeah. something he and the coach uh, did, did, uh, put together, not uh, not some guy in some office. Um, and uh, I think there's almost too many analytics. I mean, you could, you know, I if I take stats now, I'd pretty well worry about uh, checks. I worry about turnovers, giveaways, you know. And I, and I have a plus system or a minus system, and you know, like if someone does something spectacular which I would know because I played. So you could tell when a guy makes a play that, holy cow, he did that. You know, yeah. so I, I would have a plus minus system for that. And there, of course, there would be a minus for like, holy cow, he did that. How bad <laughs> could he be? <laughs> <You know? laughs> in, so, in, our, in our remaining time, there, there are two things I want to get to. Uh, the first I came across in is something in the newspaper from back in Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, you had the chance, you had a tryout offer with the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to, I had to pay half of it down to Florida. <laughs> really? And but that would have been, that been like Bob Gibson and stuff, right? But I, was, I, lo I love baseball as much as uh, hockey. Definitely. I played a lot of baseball because the Sioux, Ontario is across from Sioux, Michigan. Sure. So we played in the American baseball leagues, uh, you know, any leagues that were senior baseball we played you know in, in um, Mackinac or or all, all the Michigan northern Michigan cities and so baseball was huge for me uh, and I uh, I really liked baseball so and, and in fact uh, one summer I played baseball and I played softball and one one time the guy was pitching overhand the next night the guy is pitching underhand <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't miss a game you know yeah. The other thing I want to touch on and uh, and we could go forever and ever uh, with all of this, but um, you were the coach that put Menno Rayom in the game. The, Menno, oh, Menno oh, yes, yes, I yeah, she wrote a book um, uh, and mentioned what? a whole bunch of guys, but she didn't mention me or Phil. <laughs> or no, she mentioned Phil or me and Wendell Young. I remember, I'll never forget that, which, which I teased her about. So it's not a big deal. <laughs> but what happened was uh, when uh, 
I was given this tape by Phil Esposito. And he said, this, this young lady wants to, you know, try out. So would you look at the tape? So I looked at the tape and uh, I presented it to him at the uh, draft. I went to the NHL draft, gave it to him. And I said to him, and uh, I said, you know what? She'll never make us, you, you can bring her to camp. There's no problem. She's played junior hockey a little bit. She mm -hmm. won't embarrass you. She'll, she'll do good and said, and besides, I said, you know, you got to understand because I, I'd been, I was usually a general manager and the coach on many teams. So I was involved in promotions and putting things together. That was the fun part. I, I love that. Uh, and so I could see the value of having her at training camp for, for a new expansion team. Sure. So Phil was all for it. You know, Tony, who was the assistant, not too much. And also Terry Crisp wasn't. Uh, and, and it's funny because when the, and the reason I mentioned Wendell was because Wendell, the first like, the exhibition game that we were going to put her in, which she did play in, they wanted her to start. And Wendell Young popped up and he said, no, you know, I, they wanted her to come in halfway, pardon me, rather than start. And wow. Wendell said, we should let her start because she'll get a good warm up and be ready for the game. And, and I'll go in halfway. And so Wendell was the reason that she started the game. Huh. Okay. And so she played half the game and then Wendell went in the net. And unfortunately for Wendell, he gave up a couple goals and they were all screaming, put the lady back in the net. <laughs> oh. But uh, that's why I brought it up to her and uh, Wendell. About, he was the guy that got her started. That's, that's pretty, that's amazing. That, that is amazing. I did not start, know. Yeah. I did e not know her. Um, we, we had a, it was a special, special time. Never yeah. had one complaint from any groups like today, it probably, I, I don't know if that would have happened because I never had one complaint. We, she, she was, we, I remember the first time she came down to Atlanta, second day, we, we sent her shopping for late, nice clothes. We wanted her to always be dressed beautifully because she was a beautiful girl. And sure. then when, when we had warm ups, uh, she would come out, uh, had her own dress, we had her own dressing room. She um, she would come out in her outfit and and do, we we would be doing I think at that time we were doing the what do you call it uh, not aerobics but we were doing a lot of a lot of uh, what do you call it when you stretching, say, stretching but but we're actually calisthenics doing calisthenics stretching and and then yoga. the Chinese type you know yoga 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 we were doing yoga. that too so she would come out for that and then. Um, uh, but like I said, uh, she played a couple games for us. And then her first game that she went in, after she played, we, all the players and I, we presented her with a box of cigars and told her she was one of the guys. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I wanted to, I, I got one more question for Eve, and that's just, and we will have you on a different time to go in more depth on this, but I just want you to just talk a little bit about that 82-83 Admirals team that was just uh, – so potent, the second, uh, probably the second or third best team in Admirals history, where it, make it to the finals, and uh, and it's yourself and Danny and Fred Berry and 
Yeah, had 100 assists. And yeah, yeah, yeah and should have won the should have won the MVP award, except he shot a puck at the referee's groin and hit him there. <laughs> uh, just talk about that season and what it was like for you to be on that team and uh, and what it meant for you. Well, we, we had a good team that year. We had some some veterans with uh, Fred Berry, Bruce McKay, Bill Yakuchuk. Um, I mean, the whole team was was veteran. Uh, we had a good season, but we came short. We fell short in the in the finals, which is a shame because we always wanted to bring a championship to Milwaukee. Right. Thank the fans and the Booster Club, and but it was just a good team. It was uh, we had a lot of fun, a lot of characters. We had Boxcar Davis. I'm sure you yep. heard of him. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, all these guys were characters. Uh, but we still had a good team. We, we, you know, Daniel Corbett scored like 60 goals. Frito had 50 something. Um, yeah. Danny, Danny had more goals than Wayne Gretzky that year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. At uh, 75 goals. Dale Yakachuk, Dale Yakachuk told us a story about being at major Goolsby's in a concert Ooh. let out and uh, some guys showed up and they wanted to fight and uh, boxcar Davis ended up with a new leather jacket out of the deal. Right. I remember that. <laughs> you do. <laughs> yes. Um, it was Dale Yakuchak, Bruce McKay, Boxcar Davis, and I. And you. Yeah. And I was the smallest guy around. So I was at the back of the line. <laughs> and these guys wanted to fight us. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. And uh, liquid, liquid courage probably is what happened, right? Maybe. But Boxcar took over the whole thing. It was done in about a minute. And, uh, yeah. Then he had a new leather coat. I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> those are great stories. The Major Goosebies was quite a place in those days. Yes. 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 Remember our little guy that he used to put in the uh, ship? Yeah. He used to have the ship early? Yeah. He was he 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 got more girls than the players. I'll tell you, <laughs> he, they loved him. Remember him, uh, Eve? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. Yeah. He would put on a uniform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little Napoleon. Yeah, that was cute. He yeah. really. That was a great logo. Great logo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, it was. Again, we could do this for a long time, but we we should let you go, and we should go, and. Yeah. Uh, we can't thank you guys, both of you, enough for your time in doing this. Uh, we'd love to do it again sometime in the future. Stay well, stay healthy. Um, we can't wait to see you guys at the rink again. We hope it happens really soon. Thank yeah, you, well, guys. You guys. Coach, Absolutely. good to see you. Good to see you. I'll play yeah. golf. Let's play golf this summer. Soon as this opens up, we're playing. You and you know, you guys could come down and see a game. Hopefully, when it opens up, you got, you know, half the team is Nashville. So they're all our guys. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a lot of your players here, and they're doing very well. Very, yeah. uh, you know, you know, you know, the Richard and, uh, oh, Geno, yeah. you know, they're, you know, uh, and Geno Pitlick and up. Novak and, yep. You know, just went up. He's been playing very well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we absolutely. ended up with a pretty good hockey club. <laughs> so I'd say so. You do. You guys are yeah. doing okay. <laughs> yes. We got a lot of coaches, though. That helps, too. We got a yeah. <laughs> It's like an NBA team now. You got a coach for almost every player. <laughs> That's right. Isn't that true? 
Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Well, that's what's going to come to pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. National legal. Each coach will have his agent behind him on the bench. That's just like the glass seats now. Yeah, the agency will buy the glass seats. As agent will say, the next shift is going to cost you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Great. Take care, guys. Enjoy hey, it. Guys. Thank, thank you. you. Paco, Eve Preston, thank you. And thanks for listening to this Milwaukee podcast. Okay.